everybody. My name is Shan. I'm the recovery pastor here at Trustful First United Methodist Church. Sammy Hodges is with us for this video. Hello. He's the pastor at Asheville United Methodist and Evergreen United Methodist. Today we're going to talk about denial and of course the opposite of denial which is confessing with our whole heart. So anytime you get ready to do that you need to bathe it in prayer. So would you like to pray us in? Absolutely. God, for whom everything and every person is open, the one for whom nothing is hidden, we thank you for this time together and for this holy space uh, between us and everyone who watches or listens. We thank you for the time that we're spending and others are spending engaged in, in this exercise of learning and coming to terms with who we are and who God makes us. Not only who we are, but who God has called us to be. Yes. Moving our hearts and our lives during this sacred time, uh, bring resolution, bring healing, bring hope, and bring your glory. In your precious holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. So before we get started, first I want to look at the different stages of relapse. So we come into the first, um, which is denial. We jump into um, the next, which is uh, avoidance, which is a defensive behavior. We go into a crisis mode, but it also can be a, a tunnel vision. We know the crisis is there, but we want to focus uh, not on the crisis. We come to a point where we're immobilized. We can't move. We can't do anything. And oftentimes fear keeps us there. We go into a time where we feel confusion or maybe even overreacting, over-exaggerating what we're doing. Then after we've used up all of our energy, it seems like we'll spiral into a depression, almost like a bottoming out. Mm -hmm. um, then we may even feel like we've lost control. Mm -hmm where we just, we can't do anything right. Why even try? Why even bother? I'm just, I can't do anything to change my situation. All of that occurs before the actual relapse happens. So there are different cues. There are different clues um, that people may see. And when they come to us, we don't want to hear what's coming down the road. We're good. So denial is a series of lies exaggerations, justifications, overstretching of the truth, but it's really all one big spider web. Yeah. And the spider is the addiction. Now, again, we've said many times, addiction is chemical, it's alcohol, it's shopping, it's gambling. There are a ton of addictions. Sugar. Sugar alone, yes. It's a big addiction. Caffeine. Yes. There are so many things. Some, some people even get to a place in their lives where they're addicted to lying. Yes. Uh, we're talking about denial here being a lie we tell ourselves and it being a big spider web. It makes me think of Shakespeare. Oh, what a tangle web we weave when first, first we, we practice, practice to, to deceive. deceive. Yes. So, yeah, a little bit of Macbeth there on us. But it's us getting deceived. Yeah, we're deceiving ourselves. Yes. Yeah, that's what's happening. Uh, um, denial is a lie that we tell ourselves. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, do you remember the movie The Matrix? I do. Yes. So uh, uh, Neo is being explained uh, uh, to by Morpheus. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you haven't seen The Matrix, go see it. You'll know who the characters are. <laughs> um, what The Matrix is, and he tells them it's the lie that we've pulled over on ourselves. Yes. It's the wool that we've pulled over on ourselves. It's the um, pulling down the blinders and not mm-hmm. letting us see what's really going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And from the inside looking out... Um, it can feel like we're juggling plates. Mm-hmm. And as long as we keep them all juggled up in the air and they're circ- I think of the person that's got all the plates circling. Oh, yeah. Yeah. As long as they're spinning and everything is in a semi-rhythm, mm-hmm. we're good. Mm-hmm. But something always happens. Yeah. Unless you're like me and you're clumsy and they don't even spin at all. They just fall. But um, that spinning of plates is where the the common phrases come in. Mm -hmm. So one of the common phrases, I can handle it. Mm -hmm. I'm good. I've got this. Or nobody will know. You know, it's, I'm not hurting anybody. It's just this one time. Just one time, and I don't ever have to do it again, is one of the biggest lies we tell ourselves. It is, because Because that one time. Because then it becomes another and another and another. There's very few people that get caught up in an addiction that can handle doing something just one time. Mm -hmm. Um, and that one time can be the relapse that ends in death. We know that idea of something being addictive is ingrained into our society mm-hmm. because we see it even in commercials. There's the Doritos mm-hmm. commercial, Bet You Can't Eat Just One. <laughs> uh, there, there are places that we ingrain that into our lives that we want to do things over mm-hmm. and over and over again. And, and we, we get caught up in that to the point where it becomes an issue or becomes a problem. So this idea of denying our our addiction also mm-hmm. is ingrained in our society because we can look on television, we can look on Facebook, we can look on the news, yes. and we see and we find people always lying about themselves and other people to us and denying mm-hmm. that things are the way they are. I've even heard people say I have to be very careful because I have an addictive personality. Yeah. That if I'm not careful, if I take on a hobby or something, it will consume me. Yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah. My biggest addiction has always been sweet tarts. And, and when people laugh at me when I say that, and they think, well, that's not an addiction. I went into Walmart one time, and I spent $50 in one go on little individual boxes of sweet tarts. That's a heck of a lot of sweet that's tarts. That's a lot of sweet tarts. And, and, I, and I actually, this is going to sound awful to share, but I'll, I'll, be, I'll be open here and not delusional about myself. I, I was actually dividing those sweet tarts up into colors inside of the little, the little Gladware Tupperware things and eating them one color at a time. Yeah. Because you thought... And I couldn't eat any other color at that moment. So you yeah. were rationing out. Yeah, rationing out. What I was doing was I was I was not really rationing out in the sense that I wanted to make them last longer because I would sit there and eat box after box. But I thought that if I put them out into those little things, it wouldn't be as bad as me sitting there eating a whole box or several whole boxes because, hey, I only ate this one color. And I was lying to myself that this wasn't a problem. Mm-hmm. My teeth began to hurt. Mm-hmm. I began I began to, to, to gain weight. I began to get hyper with yeah, the yes. sugar. And even got to a place where, where uh, my body was getting ready 
to, to go diabetic because yes. I was taking in ingesting so much of that sugar and it was hurting me and people laugh and say that can't be addiction but even to this day I have to watch myself when I get around sweet darts yes. because I will start unwrapping them and I will relapse mm-hmm. and then people think it's silly and it's funny but it's the truth well one of my anything like that that harms you is yes. isn't it? yeah one of mine is um, eating ice mm-hmm. it wasn't that um, it was just something I craved. I did it without even realizing I was doing it. And so when I had went to the doctor, there was actually a, a vitamin D deficiency. Oh, wow. That was making me crave. It's the craziest thing. And so I have had to, um, if I go through a drive through they look at me weird. I'll say, I want my drink without ice. Yeah. And they're like, what? Yeah. Yeah, I, no ice. So I don't even have, like in my freezer at home, no yeah. ice. Wow. I, I'm like you. I've had to set my boundaries. But that goes into the next one. That um, One of the common phrases is um, people will say, look, I can work. I can pay my bills. I can take care of my children. There's no one getting affected by this. That is probably the biggest lie. Mm-hmm. Because even though we don't see physical bruises mm-hmm. or wounds where people are, are being affected, the emotional mm-hmm. and the verbal Mm-hmm. We never see those, but those take the longest to heal. Yeah. Well, um, this reminds me, a young man came to me one time, um, and um, he was really upset. I mean, this guy was in tears. I didn't really know what was happening. And it's sort of in the middle of my work day when I was still bivocational pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, and and, and I, luckily the job that I worked, I was able to take time to step out and talk with him. And he was concerned because he had realized that he had an addiction to pornography. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that he said that he told himself for the longest time was that it was not going to affect his relationship with his fiance. It was not going to affect anything in his mm-hmm. life. This was just something he was doing by himself. And when he came to me that day, tears in his eyes, just horrible situation. Uh, he had affected his relationship with his parents. Yes. It had affected his relationship with his, his fiance. It had affected every aspect of his life because the man lost his job, mm-hmm. uh, had uh, almost been put out of his home with his parents, and had, had lost his fiance mm-hmm. over this addiction and being caught in the middle of this addiction. Yes. And, uh, and he, he said to me, I told myself that if I ever got caught, I would stop, but I can't. And he, he started asking me for advice. And one of the first things I told him about a situation with, with we, we tell people oftentimes to get away from those things yes. that trigger you yeah. and get away from those things. So I told him, I said, what do you usually view this on? And he told me, and I said, so, so, so chunk your computer. And yeah, he goes, get rid of I it. can't chunk my computer. I use it for this, I use it for that. Mm-hmm. Well, you've lost your job. You don't need it now. That's right. Chunk the computer. Well, it's an expensive laptop. Well, don't worry about it. Chunk it. If that's whatever it is you're doing, I'll chunk it. And he couldn't do it and he told himself another denial that i can have this and not fall into it and he and and i don't know how the situation is now we 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 kind of lost parted ways a little bit and lost lost contact with each other but the last time i spoke with him he was still telling himself that he could keep those same things that he viewed that on and dealt with that Mm -hmm. on and 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 conquer that addiction and he still uh, the last time i talked with him had not been able to do that and, and when we do um, <clears throat> when we do the video on triggers, that's one of the things that we're going to talk about is the justification of relapse. <clears throat> but when it comes to things like porn, um, society is in denial because I've heard so many people say, "Well, that's not an addiction that a female can have." 
that is an absolute lie. It is an addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, we're going to talk about a video with, with triggers and, and bring all those in. But um, that is probably one of the hardest addictions to get past mm-hmm. because every which way you turn, it's on billboards, it's on TV, it's magazines. You cannot just go anywhere. on Facebook and something yeah. pops up before you even know what's there. And, 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 yes. it's, and, it, and it leads to that road. But the biggest thing on that is be, is telling yourself that it's not going to affect my children. Yeah. It's not going to affect my family. Any any um, addiction, we tell ourselves that it's not going to do that when we, if we we realize too late that it's affected all those. Yeah. And it has changed all those relationships for the worse. Yeah, they're, they're broken or they can't be repaired anymore. And sometimes it's one of those situations, whatever the addiction is, sometimes it's one of those things that we think... Uh, gives us some sort of some sort of release or some sort of just momentary escape from the yeah. world around us, and we say to ourselves, "I need this to be able to handle life." Absolutely. Uh, people that self-medicate with alcohol or things mm-hmm. like that, we we fall into the delusion of telling ourselves that if I don't have this, I can't live. But the truth is, and the the real picture is that we can't live because of it. Well, and that even goes as simple as the um, the energy drinks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've known people that would buy certain energy drinks and then um, get other stimulants over the counter. Oh, yeah. That are legal and put them. I'm like, are you crazy? Your heart's going to explode. But that's just because it's legal doesn't mean it's not going to hurt us. Mm Well, and looking at something that falls very close to home to me, um, I've struggled with weight my entire life. And one of the things that I tell myself is that, well, I I can do it. I can do it this way. I can do it that way. And I I don't ever end up doing it. I tell myself, I'll start it next month. Well, I've already messed up today. I I did this. I'll I'll start my diet tomorrow. Or I'll start exercising uh, after I finish this. Or, you know, I'll I'll plan that time. And I never do it. And it's a continual thing where you lie and tell yourself that you can lose that weight or do that without making specific changes in your life. Right. Because everybody's body is different. Yeah. And how we react to the different things. Yeah. the denial is just like a, it's like a band-aid. It's like a cover-up. It's the reason that uh, many face intervention. Yeah. It starts with denial, and then it just escalates on after that. Well, you know, that kind of leads us to some of the things that, in our planning, that you and I talked about ahead of time, some issues and people in Scripture that either either dealt with denial or denied mm-hmm. certain things about themselves. And uh, talking about the idea of intervention makes me think of Second Samuel 12. When Nathan the prophet comes to David, who's yes. the king of Israel, just following this big debacle that obviously a lot of people knew about in, mm-hmm. in, in Israel, but nobody really spoke about. They were kind of all in denial of it. David himself was in denial. Um, his life had sort of spiraled out of control. He saw this woman on a roof and told somebody, bring her to me. He's mm-hmm. the king. Are you going to say no? Right. Uh, he brings her to him, and, and, uh, and basically uh, they engage in a, in a, in a physical relationship. Mm-hmm. She becomes pregnant, and it's the wife of one of his most trusted men in his army. And he brings that guy from the front because he finds out she's going to have a baby and says to him, here, take this, get drunk, go sleep with your wife. And the man realizes, I don't want to do this while all my men are out on the front right. lines. Sleeps outside his house. So this situation has spiraled even more out of control for David. And uh, he finally ends up sending this trusted man to the front, and he tells the people, Put him in the front lines and then back off and let him die. Yeah. 
and it kills him. And so Nathan the prophet comes in to talk with David and he tells him this story about a man who has only one sheep and a rich man has a visitor that comes into town and that rich man instead of taking any of the sheep that he has hundreds of them uh, he goes and takes that one sheep that this man had mm-hmm. that he loved his children loved and his family loved and mm-hmm. had raised and kills it and slaughters it and gives it to his to his um to his visitor yes and david gets so angry and gets so mad and gets so upset and says we're gonna kill that guy he should die for that <laughs> And then Nathan, the intervention comes when he says, David, you're the one that did it. Yeah. You killed Uriah. Mm-hmm. You, you, you took him out so you could have his wife. And there's like an awakening all of a sudden. Yeah. Because you yeah. realize the lie you were trying to keep because you were in denial. Yeah. Everybody sees. Everybody knows. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is we don't realize. We sort of lie to ourselves about people being able to see it. Yeah. We get that bated breath or... We walk in, do they know? Are they going to know? Yeah. Can they tell? Yeah. And the truth is, sometimes they can. Right. We can only get away with those lies and, and that deception of ourselves and others for so long. Right. When it's going to come to light, everything that has been done in secret will eventually come to light, to light is what we're taught in Scripture. And see, we forget that bringing things into the light is a good thing. Absolutely. We worry about it and we get upset about it we get hurt about it. We forget it's a good thing when things get brought to light because when they come to light, they can be healed. They yes. can be taken care of. Um, we are called to come out of darkness yes. and into God's light, and that's where we receive the healing. So when we were preparing for this. There were several people that um, came to mind. First, I thought of Peter. Yeah. Um, yes, we know the story of you will deny me three times for the rooster mm-hmm. crows. But I was thinking of the, um, maybe this is the wrong way to say it, but the innocence of denial. Mm-hmm. Like when he the disciples are in the, the boat and he's like, Lord, if that's you, yeah. you call me and I'm jumping out of this boat and I'm coming at you, you know. Yeah. Um, Basically, it's, oh, I can do that, Lord. Yeah. But yeah. you really can't. You really can't. No, no. <laughs> the thing that hit me with Peter is God, of course, Christ says, you're going to deny me three times. He says before the cock crows, what he basically means is before morning. Yes. You're going to deny me three times. And what's interesting about that is Peter, the first thing Peter does, he <laughs> says, is exact denial. He says, no, no, Lord, oh, not no. me. I'm not going to do that. No, no. All these others can turn their backs on you yeah. go away, but I'm never going to do it. And what's the first thing he does? He denies it. He denies him and, 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 and loudly and yes. proudly denies him in front of everybody. And so the denial in that situation is, Lord, I'll never do that. Mm-hmm. We tell ourselves sometimes when we look at other people who are in situations that we know we could be in like that if, if it Absolutely. wasn't for the grace of God in our lives or if it wasn't for uh, um, other factors in our lives. And we'll look at ourselves and say, I'll never do that. I'll never go right. there. I'll never be that. And inevitably... We find ourselves falling right into yes. those very same things that we say we'll never do or we hate. And the first thing in denial, just like Peter did, is we throw someone else under the bus to deflect oh, yeah. the attention off of us. Yeah, that's no, right. no, look at them. They're yeah. so much worse. Yeah, this guy will deny you, Lord, but I'm not going to do I'm, that. I'm good. I'm not he gonna... might, but not me. Yeah, no, I'm me and you. We're 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 tight. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of denial, we didn't talk about this one. Just popped in my head. Can you imagine the the gall? To sit at the table with Christ and eat, knowing and you be the one that has sold him yes. into 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 uh, the captivity of the people who want to kill him, 
for just 30 pieces of silver, the gall, to sit there and deny so long in yourself. Uh, Jesus sitting there and saying to his disciples, the one who was going to betray me is sitting here eating with me right now. And all of them are saying, is it me? Is it me? Is it me? And Judas finally has to get up and leave. Yes, it's too much. He's denied himself so much that he's the one that's doing that or that he's doing something that he should be doing. He yes. really thinks he's doing right, right when he's doing wrong. The, 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 the delusion that he's under in that situation. And we all know the story. Jesus is sitting there with his disciples and uh, he says, one of you is going to betray me. And uh, Peter says, is it me, Jesus? And he says, no, it is not. And then John says, is it me, Jesus? He says, no, is it, not? it is not. And then Judas said, is it me, Jesus? And he goes, is it me, Jesus? <laughs> If we won't out ourselves, sometimes God will yes. open things up for us where everybody sees the, the, the truth of what we've put on over ourselves. And I think about, this is a weird twist, we didn't talk about this either. I think about the Wizard of Oz where they pull back the curtain. Yeah, the man behind the curtain, yeah. And reveal what's actually yeah. going on. Yeah, yeah. Another one I think about is um, Gideon. Yeah. I love the story where where he's down in there. He's just going about his business, denying all this stuff up here. You know, and the angels like, "Hello, hello." He's like, mm -mm, mm -mm, "Not even paying attention to you either." I'm not. Well, not only that, but there's the 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 lack of courage to step out, yeah, and to face what he had to face. Yeah, God had called him to lead this army of people, and Gideon's, "No, Lord, if you really want me to do that, then." Then uh, I'm gonna put this 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 wool out here, this this fleece from this from this sheep, <laughs> and and if you really want me to do this, Lord, then then all the rest of the ground will be wet, but this will be dry, and so it happens, mm -hmm. and he still is in denial. <laughs> no, no, this can't be. This will. No, no, I'll test you one more Lord, time. <laughs> now, Lord, everything else will be dry, and this will only be wet, and or vice versa, and it happens again. And he's denying who he really yeah. is. It's an opposite of, of kind of what we're talking about here. The other side of that denial is sometimes we deny the truth about ourselves that's ugly. Yeah. But then there's times where we deny the truth about ourselves that's right. Where God yeah. has really said something good and great about us. It goes back to something we said in one of the other podcasts, which you'll need to listen to to hear. Yes. About the fact that, that we are inherently, yes. because of God's creation, Him saying it's good, that we're good. Mm -hmm. And we sometimes forget that what God says about us is the truth about us. And that we often try to deny that we are called to be, or not, like we learn in baptism, who we are and whose we are. Yes. We often deny who we are and whose we are because it's easier. And in recovery, there's been so many times like you see someone growing mm -hmm. um, and they're they're growing in their not only their recovery, but their faith walk. But they don't realize they're growing in their spiritual gifts. Yeah. And so you see people that are just natural leaders. They're comfortable being out front, even though they'll tell you they're not. Yeah. Um, and so when you when you try to speak into their gifts and tell them what you see, they're like, oh, no, that has never happened. I'm not. 
Yeah. But see, that's sort of an intervention there, too, where you finally just call them out and say, hey, you're going to go do this. Yeah. You can deny those bad things about yourself and get caught up in that. Yeah. You can also deny those good things about yourself mm-hmm. and relapse into that uh, inactivity of an unfruitful Christian life. Absolutely. Yeah, The I think that's one of the hardest things is when someone else sees a gift on you, but you can't even look yourself in the mirror long mm-hmm. enough to dry your hair, much less see what they see. Yeah. And and that goes back to knowing who you are because of whose you are. Yeah. Um, Paul <laughs> says this in Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12. He says that right now we look in a mirror dimly, mm-hmm. but one day we'll see face to face. Right now we know in part, but then we'll know fully and, and even as we've been fully known. And so that's talking about versus now what we can see of this life versus one day way, way over there where things come to realization. But I like to look at it this way is that denial is when we're looking in that mirror and it's dark and it's dim. It's that veil we pull over our yes. eyes and, and we, we but but sometime at some place we're going to have to come face to face, not only with God, but face to face with who we are and the reality of what's happening in our lives. And right now we only know part mm-hmm. of what we're dealing with and part of what God wants to do with us. But one day we're going to step into that fullness of what God has for us yeah. and what, we're, what we've been dealing with for all this time will, will almost seem like it's the dark side right. and it's the mirror that was dark. And now we're seeing this full light in front of us. Mm-hmm. And the last person, uh, or people actually, that I thought about with this talk is um, Sarah and Abraham. <laughs> I love the story where um, God has sent the, the messengers, and they're talking about Sarah's going to have a child. And yeah. she's back there, you know, hmm, yeah, okay, not happening, you know, oh, yeah. um, she laughing. Laughs. She's yeah. laughing at God. Yeah. And even Abram's like, really? Really? You sure? Mm-hmm. Really? No, I don't. I don't mm. So it's it's more of a, a light-hearted denial, but it is still where going back to where God speaks into our life or our calling. We're like, mm. God, I'm too old. Yeah, I can't have a kid now. That's a denial, yeah. right there. Well, you can't do that. You can't use me. I'm too old. You can't use me. I'm too young. You can't do this in my life. I've I've had this addiction, or you can't put me out there teaching people because I did this in my life. I'm a felon or there's always a place that God can use you. It may not be the place that you wanted to have gone, but it's the place where God can use you because you've been somewhere that somebody else has been. And at the same time, you've been places that nobody else has been. Absolutely. Um, It makes me think of your um, Celebrate Recovery scripture uh, about God's grace being sufficient for you. We forget that, that even though we're struggling with things and we're dealing with issues and struggling with issues, the key word in that is that we're still still continuing to struggle. We haven't stopped. But that scripture, Second uh, Corinthians 12, 9, is about Paul struggling with something yes. and praying and saying, God, help me with this. Deliver me for this. He's wrestling with something. And at the end of it, he's still wrestling with it. He's yeah. still struggling with it. He's still dealing with it. And God finally says, look, my grace is sufficient for you. Mm-hmm. It's going to take care of what you can't take care of. And my strength is shown in perfection yeah. through your weaknesses. Absolutely. People are going to know the perfectness of the strength of God because they see the weaknesses in your life and how God makes you strong. Yes, absolutely. And that's where 
going back to that, we see people in recovery, you know, we tell them, if, if you're going to tell God something, mm-hmm. that's okay, but be ready. Yeah. And then give God a year. <laughs> because it took our whole lives to mess up and get this far down the road. Mm-hmm. But if you give God a year right. and look back, He's going to put you in with new people, new situations, new growth seasons, new harvest seasons. Um New, new places, new places, new yeah. pruning seasons. Like we're doing in the in the in the North Alabama conference now, new places and new faces. Yes, yeah. And he will bring all of that in, uh, but it first starts with coming out of denial. Yeah, confessing with our whole heart. In recovery, we say confess to yourself, to someone you trust, and to God. Hmm. And at that point, there's nothing the enemy can use against you because it's out there. Well, see, when we confess, we're told. That God is faithful and just, and just to cleanse us from all mm-hmm. unrighteousness. Yes, forgive us our and sins. And so when those things come to the light and that confession is made, um, uh, he promised that he's not just going to let that confession linger and just go off and float somewhere. He's going to take that and yeah. do something amazing with it. You were talking about give God a year. Yes. And what I thought about was another thing we talked about and how these circle and go into another podcast was the person who who was uh, getting ready to prune the trees. Yes. And, and the, the man who owned the, 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 the orchard said, I'm done with them, burn them, yep. get, rid of, get them, rid of them, I'm done. And he said, give me a year to prune it and see what kind yeah. of fruit I can get off of it. And at the end of that year, it bore fruit. And so we give God that time and say, okay, God, uh, I, I've lived this lie my whole mm-hmm. life. I've dealt with these lies my whole life. Uh, what truth can I give over to you? Mm-hmm. What can you give me that's true? What can I give over to you and you give me the truth in place of it? Absolutely. Uh-huh. I think we uh, we do find ourselves in a spider web, but even though the spider web is strong, they're only as strong as our greatest fear. But we forget that there's a difference between being caught in the, the spider web, mm-hmm. in that cocoon, but the other cocoon is that of a caterpillar. Mm-hmm. And how it it turns into the butterfly, and it it has to break itself free. Like yeah. the wings have to be strong enough. It has to go through the process of breaking free. But in that cocoon, that's where the change takes place. That's where we're saying, give God a year, let Him take and turn you into this beautiful butterfly that has such delicate wings. But they can fly as high as the eagles. Yeah. yeah. Um, one of the hardest things for us to lose is our illusions about ourselves. Yes. You have to purposely remove them. Yeah. You have to purposely pull that, that, that veil up. You have to purposely uh, look at yourself. We're in a situation where we have to come face to face with ourselves, not just our addiction but who we are mm-hmm. as a part of that process. Mm-hmm. So as we wrap up this video talking about denial, um, we would love your feedback, but just understand that I'm a visual person. So if you're in the kitchen and you have all the different recycling bins, yeah. it is one thing just to drop it in the bin, to sort it and acknowledge it, but eventually it has to be taken out. It has to be removed. Yeah. So reach out to someone, someone you trust, Talk to them about your situation. Gain the new perspective to move out of denial because God has great plans for your life in abundance to make you prosper.
may not be financially, mm -hmm. but spiritually, he has an adventure of a lifetime waiting for you. And there's two places that we can always look at uh, and find ourselves telling the truth. We can find someone trusted mm -hmm. and to say to them, this is what I'm dealing with in my life. The second thing is, is find time to get along with God and tell God the truth about yourself and you'll find yourself learning that truth and living that truth and then coming to terms with that truth and living a new life. Because he already knows it. He knows our heart. Yeah. And as long as we keep it hidden and we're in denial, then that's what the enemy's going to use to hold us prisoner. I always tell people there's two things you can't do. You, you can't lie to God right. and you can't gossip to God because God knows the truth anyway. Absolutely. And he knows you already. Absolutely. So. You want to praise out? Absolutely. Father, we thank you for every blessing of life. We thank you for those times in our lives where we are up and those times in our lives where we're down. We thank you, Lord, that you call us to come out onto those waves and stand with you and that you repeatedly edge us and pull us forward yes. and guide us forward and beckon us into a new place in life. And we thank you, Lord, that we can always look into the truth of your gospel to see who we really are and who we really should be. But we're so thankful that you accept us just like we are. Yes. You give us purpose. You give us peace and you allow us to be who we are and become who you created us to be. You accept us that way and you love us enough not to leave us as we came. We pray for each and every person that has listened today. We pray for selfishly, pray for ourselves and say, God, do in us too what you're doing in them. In your precious holy name, we just simply ask, amen. Amen. So remember, speak life, be a blessing, put your faith feet into action to cause a ripple effect. Until next time, much agape, everybody.